to the podcast. I'm Joel here with my dad. I'm Rick. Welcome. Glad you're here today. Dad, do you think God di- intentionally disappoints us? Intentionally disappoints us. Well, disappointment, of course, is as much based on what we're expecting as upon what he does. So, so maybe it's our fault. You know, you read C.S. Lewis and he says, you know, much of our problem is that our desires are too small uh, rather yeah. than too big. We're, God's offering us, you know, a vacation at the, at the coast and we're at the, at the ocean and we're content playing in mud behind our house. Something out of effect. He said it much yeah. more eloquently. You think he did? So I've had dreams that I've built up yeah. and then they've been dashed. And I actually, I think the story of 2020, as I've been talking to people from across the spectrum of um, different jobs, different people, um, disappointment is the word that just keeps coming up. And really a lot of it is aimed at God. Mm-hmm. I thought God was going to do different. I thought the elections were going to turn out different. I thought people were going to respond differently after the elections. I thought this COVID thing was going to get wiped out, right? <laughs> well, I don't teach you to think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, so you have these expectations of God, yeah. and and we when we want to dream big. I mean, I, I was talking to a guy the other day, lost his wife, and he was certain God was going to heal her. Yeah, I was certain too. And it's the you those things. And I asked the guy, I said, is, "Has it made you closer to God or farther from God?" And he's like, "Oh, farther, easy." He's really? like, I, "I don't really want to press into God right now." And I'm like, "Man, I can relate to that." Yeah, I think we all can. Yeah. So why would God do that to push us? Something he knows is probably going to push us away from him for a while. Um, and is it actually pushing us away from him? I don't know. Deep questions. Yeah, because, yeah, that is a, that is a lot of, a lot of uh, deep questions. Yeah. Obviously, our disappointment, you know, starts with what we're expecting. But, but the problem with that is a lot of times we're expecting something that Scripture promises. You know, I mean, I when you talk about healing, particularly, that's wait, one of wait, my expect. Oh, we're expecting. Yes, in a good way. It's we're in expecting, his word. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ask, ask, and it'll be given to you, and you'll be. Yeah, well, yeah. There's so many promises, and there's so many times I said, God, I didn't make you put those in there. If you didn't want to do it, why'd you put them in there? Yeah, man. Like what? That's why I'm asking. Does he disappoint us intentionally? Yeah, I don't think so. I think some of it. Well, I think probably if you had to sum it up in one word, and maybe there's more profound answers in this, but I think some of it has to do with timing. You know the healing, and I know I hate this answer. Well, it's she's pretty hard to get her healed when she's now. dead. Yeah, yeah, well, she's healed forever now. It's a permanent right. healing, and yeah, that's true. But that doesn't help you in this moment in time. But again, it's kind of that story with the you know I was arguing with the Lord one time, murmuring, I guess, just thinking in my morning prayer time about Job. You know, and oh, we had Job at the end of his life was more blessed at the first. He had he gave him more sons and more daughters, and I thought, well, that doesn't help. You know, that's great. My other sons and daughters are dead. Now I've got other ones. What that doesn't make up for the difference. And then I, then again, it was like one of those where the Lord started asking Job. He says, Well, let me just ask you a question. I'm going, Oh, what, what? He says, Do you think Job has been complaining these last thousands of years? So I know that doesn't help in the moment. And again, that's why I say it's a timing issue. Yeah. Which that just, I know it stinks. stinks. It does. It really stinks. But we live in time and it's so limited. And so the promises of God are made for eternity. And so I know it's, it's a terrible answer. I mean, that's, that's the Second Corinthians 4, 16. So we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away. Inwardly we're being renewed day by day for this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory, yeah. which is beyond all comparison. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, because what is seen is transient, but what is unseen is eternal. Mm-hmm. That's the timing thing. But if, yeah. 
And if you look at that, now think about this, Ramona. He says these light and momentary afflictions. My wife dying is not a light momentary affliction. No, that's affliction. probably the heaviest affliction you could have on Yeah, it. that's yeah. a heavy one. Or, uh, you know, I'm a persecuted Christian in a, a refugee camp somewhere, you know, in a, in a Muslim refugee camp. And I've been run out of my country. My family's been killed. That's not light and momentary. But he says light and momentary compared to yes. the weight of glory. Yeah. So if this is light, what's heavy going to be like? Yeah. And the heavy is not burdensome. It's a blessing. So in that that passage is amazing. Well, that's why it's called on it. That's why it's called a weight. It's a, yeah, of glory. It's weight compared to something that's light. Now, if this is light and this is this heavy. Yeah. And it's only temporary. Even if it's 60, 80 years, it's still I mean, we can't understand eternity. We can't even begin to fathom no time. But it, well, when does eternity begin? Well, eternity doesn't begin because it wouldn't be eternity if it began. Yeah, it's 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 so inconceivable to us. 80, 80 years feels like, yeah. I mean, it's all we know. It's all, it's all we know. It's our only frame of reference. And we don't even know that now, you know? Yeah, what's it? Pierre Telhard de Chardin, he said, um, he said, we are not humans having a spiritual experience. We are spirits having a human experience. That's a good way of putting and, it. And um, that always kind of strikes me because I'm like, man, that reframes everything. It does. Uh, but. And that's the framework we got to have if we're going to not be disappointed, not frustrated with God continually. So is there no meaning to our disappointment this side of eternity? Hmm. Well, I think it's, I don't know what the meaning, I don't know the value of it. it. It has meaning. I'm not sure it has value. Well, I'm sure it has value because again, it's learning to trust it him. I think of this. It says it's preparing for us something, but is yeah. it just on the other side of eternity or is it on no, this no, side no, no. too? No, I think, I think it's this side because I think of Paul when he said this, he says, brothers, I don't want you ignorant about what happened to us in Asia. Yeah, we were we, pressed. We came to the end of ourselves. We were pressed. He, and it sounds like he was even almost, he probably wasn't suicidal, but it's like, we thought we were going to die. One, some of your translations say, we thought we were going to die. Others sound like we were ready to kill ourselves. In other words, they were, they were really, God gave, in fact, he says, God gave us more than we could endure. Mm. So that idea of God will never give you more than you can handle. Yeah, he will. But that's he a did. semantics thing too. Yeah. But, but you're still standing. So is it actually more than you could handle? Well, it, it obviously was because he said we're at the end of himself. He said, but we, here's what saved them. He says, but we learn not to trust in ourselves, Yeah. but to trust in God. And so God will bring those disappointments, I think, so that we learn to focus on eternity. Because again, if if that friend or someone who's lost a spouse or lost a friend or somebody... If you're focused on now, you're gonna just you're just gonna crater. You're gonna implode. Yeah, it's, I mean, it just leads to despair. That's something I was thinking about the other day. I was like, it's not wise to ask why in the middle of your pain. Um, and it's like, essentially King David. He said, I'm, "I'm my heart is at peace. I've not troubled myself with things too great and marvelous for my understanding." If you're asking why in the middle of your pain, you're probably gonna come up with some really jacked up answers. Yeah, exactly. And then you're gonna carry those answers with you into the next season of life, and they're maybe based on very faulty information because you're in so much pain, mm -hmm. you unfortunately don't get to ask why. Well, people do. But when you start asking why in the middle of your pain, you come up with very myopic um, theories. Of, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, those can then become foundations on which you build other points in life because it's such a, it's such a strategic, it's such an important, impacting moment that you begin to build foundations. You begin to use those as foundations and then you build faulty buildings on bad foundations. Yeah, and then you get these theories of like, well, you know why it is? It's because this person was oppressing me over here. This race, this gender. Mm -hmm. And you create these critical theories that we see all over the world today based out of your own pain that hasn't been processed. Yeah, so it's, exactly. it's you're creating an ideology based on unprocessed pain. 
that's what I see a lot of times. I see a lot of things we're, we're making decisions for in our world is, is for people that are really just have a lot of pain that hasn't been processed. Yeah. And yeah. we're making restrictions for the whole world based on somebody's own mental illness diff, or faulty, I mean, or, or just pain that was inflicted upon them, which is horrible. Yeah. But we can't be making global rules for people based on somebody's theory of how the world works that's really faulty. Well, and the other thing is they're based upon time, based upon in my life. That's I've right. lived 30 years on this earth and I've not experienced any justice. 30 years is like nada, yeah. nothing. Well, and look at the whole human history of injustice. Yeah. Whoa, tough for you. And <laughs> yeah. how much of your injustice was self-inflicted? Mm. You were a jerk. You were, you know, or you, whatever, you yeah, brought it we upon don't, yourself. We don't consider that in into the, the theory, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is an interesting thing. So, okay, so on to the disappointment thing. Um, back to that disappointment thing. If God, I mean... <laughs> By the way, I'm reading. I'm reading through again. Disappointment with yeah. God. If you get absolutely nothing out of this podcast, go to Disappointment with God. By go read Philip that Yancey. book. Go read that book. <laughs> and you'll have so, all your answers. But so, so, for example, Job. Um, God was pretty confident how Job was going to respond. Mm -hmm. But yet, back to that question of if He knows that we're not going to respond well, why does He still do that? Well, I guess you'd have to ask Him. <laughs> I think though. Again, he no. We only grow through suffering and 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 struggle. Yeah, through much suffering, we enter the kingdom of God. Uh -huh. Yeah. And so, um, I don't. Again, not all of it is inflicted by God either, because we do live in a fallen world, and so people are going to die. Yeah. I don't care how much you pray for him; it is appointed unto man once to die. People it you, is going to happen. People you don't like are going to get elected. Yes, yeah. and and they're going to get healed. <laughs> you know I mean, they're yeah. going to be well. They're going to seem to prosper. That's what Asaph in one of the Psalms there, he says, God, why is it? It seems it does me no good to keep my heart right because the wicked prosper and I get to shaft. That's yeah. modern day translation. And it makes you want to just go, well, what's the point? But you know what he said? It, I was it, a fool I, and I thought that way. He says, I was a fool. Yeah. And he said, when did that occur to him? He says, but then I went into the house of the Lord and I realized they're just passing away. They're like wisps of wheat, you know, that are gone in a cloud. But the righteous will stand forever. And so again, it, he pointed it back to that eternal perspective. You've got to keep an eternal perspective because in this world, you will have tribulation. In this world, you will get shafted. There will be injustice. It stinks. Mm. But there's coming a kingdom of justice and righteousness. And in fact, we were just, your mom and I were reading this this morning in Isaiah where it says, and he, he that kingdom will be a light that will draw all nations unto it. The U.S. is kind of a mini picture of that. Why is everybody wanting? It says there'll be a kingdom of justice and that justice will draw all people to it. And one of the reasons I think people are drawn to the U.S. is it has been, well. Historically. Historically, yeah, we were, we were, a, where there was a little more justice than anywhere else. We've lived in Guatemala and I mean, you didn't even bother to call the police because if no. it was a big deal, they were probably in on it. Yeah. And, and they, I remember they told that one time, somebody's like, if I come in and break into my house, if somebody comes in to my house and I shoot them, what should I do? And they said, eh, just throw the body in the ditch. Yeah. Don't call us. Then yeah. we'll have to fill out some paperwork. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and and they're not going to come and rescue you because their guns are older than, you know, the criminals. Right, and so, yeah. So it, we understand what, as bad as the U.S. is maybe and its justice system, it still beats any, yeah, pretty much any other place on earth. At least 90% of the places on earth. And so to find a kingdom of true righteousness and justice is... Whatever you endure in this life, it's going to be worth it. So you just kind of hang in there. 
especially if your wife is there waiting for you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you so have that, to keep your focus on eternity. But so the disappointment element there, um, mm -hmm. are we going dis to be disappointed in a world of perfect justice? I don't think so. Hmm. But if it's our, based on our expectations, but you see, but, do you think our expectations are greater than what actual justice is sometimes? It, well, I don't think so. But I believe that in a kingdom of justice, well, when we get there, our expectations are going to be modified too, because we're going to have, we're going to see a whole, we're going to see things totally differently. Yeah. We'll know as we're known, we'll understand things differently. We'll, see, like right now, it's the old, the, the little saying that, you know, the will of God is exactly what you would want if you understood all the details. And so it'll be there, there we'll understand all the details. We'll have a greater understanding of things. And so we'll go, oh, this is why this is the just decision. This is why this is the right decision. Whereas but here, we're just kind of guessing. We see through a glass darkly, as Paul says. Yeah, we yeah. don't really know what happened here. There's a veil in front of us. Yeah, and, and that's how we're seeing things right now, at least in the eternal kingdom. So I, I believe we're going to, um, um, I, I believe we're going to find justice there. We have a, a kingdom, I, we can't even fathom it. So is disappointment a lack of faith? No, I don't think so. I think it, it's it's uh, no, I don't think so at all. Because you're 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 not trusting that there's a bigger picture involved. Something terrible happened. Okay, I'm disappointed. Oh wow, I wish it would have gone the other way. But you know, Lord, I trust that this is going to work out all for good because you promised it would. I trust that uh, in eternity I'll look back. Here's here's what I put it. Sometime I was just telling somebody. I said, look, why don't you trust God through this? And then if He really lets you down when you stand before Him, you can tell Him all about it. But you don't know now if he lets you down or not. Yeah. And when you stand before him and you know all the pieces that went into this, then you can gripe and complain and say, boy, you really messed up. You really, if you think that's still the case. But obviously that's stupid. You're, that's just kind of a silly way of saying it. You're obviously, when you see there and you see all the pieces that were working together, yeah. you're going to see, whoa. He, thank you for doing it that way, even though I hated it in the midst of it. So it's not that God intentionally disappoints us. It's that God's doing his plan and Bigger we things. just don't understand it. Look at, I was, it helps me when I look at it from a parent and child perspective. Okay, does a parent sometimes disappoint their child? I was gonna, hoping you were going to let me stay home from school. I don't want to have to go to school. No, you're going to have to go to school. I don't want to have to do all that work. No, you're going to have to do all that work. Oh. Uh, and later you go, why? I'm really glad I can read. You know, I'm really glad. I didn't see it at the time. Yeah. You know, so one of these days when you stand before God and you understand, oh, I'm really glad I had to do all that stuff. And it was very disappointing at the time that I thought mama loved me, but she made me go to school every day. You know, or I thought daddy loved me, but he made me go out and mow the grass, you know, and that really wasn't, it, I was disappointed with the fact that my parents didn't just coddle me and baby me. And, you know, and I, and I think part of it, that's kind of what we expect of God. We sort of think he's sort of the genie in the bottle. Yeah. And I rubbed the bottle lamp and I said, please, God, mow my grass for me. And he said, no, you got to do it yourself. Well, that's disappointing. And I know there are bigger things. Than that, I was say, know. I, We're talking it, about serious things. Teresa but. of Avila, she's, she's talking to God in one of her books, The Interior Castle. She says, God, why am I going through this? And he says, oh, dear Teresa, this is what everyone that is, is my friend has to go through. And he, she responds, no wonder you have so few friends. <laughs> yeah. So they basically have translated as, if this is how you treat your friends, no wonder you have so few. Yeah. And you think, I, I think about that sometimes. I'm like, man, God, like, yeah. this, it better be worth it at the end. Because yeah. I mean, that's essentially what Paul says. If, if, if in this life only, we, if we have hope in this life only, you were pretty yeah. pathetic. 
Because yeah. the stuff we endure when we could be just living it up, partying, living for the now, yeah, living for the pleasure of the moment. Um, if if there's literally no eternity, if there's no eternity, and this is literally all there is, you should really feel sorry for us because we're idiots. Yeah, that's what Paul said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all people of most to be pitied. Yeah, uh, but that's where the faith comes. That's in. where the faith. That's where the hope comes in. This and you look at the worst case scenario too. So let's say we're wrong. Eh, you're dead. And you're in the ground. Nobody can say you. Who cares? It was anyway. You're, you're not going to regret it because you're dead and in the ground. Yeah, if if there is nothing afterwards. If there's nothing afterwards. So yeah. so keeping the hope is worth it in itself? Mm. Or delusion? Is delusion worth it? If this is all delusion, is it worth it in itself? Well, you won't know you're deluded. <laughs> Maybe that's just true. I think so because... Because I mean, that's, it, that's it. The, the accusation level by many philosophers is, yeah. Know, or is it uh, Marx? Uh, religion is the opiate of the people. It's just what mm. numbs them to the fact that there's nothing afterwards. So how was his life? How did it work out for him in the end? Yeah, he wasn't a very happy, happy bloke. No, so, bloke. <laughs> that, yeah, that's the deal. I think even if you are living that way, the, the principles of God work even if there is no God. Yeah. They do tend to bring a, jo- a, a, a stable family life, a happier that's, family life. Pascal's I mean, wager. If you believe in God and um, you're wrong, you've lost nothing. If, yeah. Because uh, there's this hope, there's this delusion you've that's been keeping you going. Yeah. If you... If you don't believe in God, uh, yeah, it's, I, I don't remember how the exact wager goes, but that's what he said. You says. lose everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you lose everything. And so, yeah, I mean, that's not, to, that's not, to, I mean, there's a confidence I have, and I think God has shown himself so many times. And when you walk with him, you see so many things that happen that you, you, you get a, there's still always going to be those doubts. There's, there's, those there's I'll things you, don't work the way that you think they should have. There's long seasons of disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, yeah. though, I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of that is, again, it's that shaping us and forming us and, and, and causing our faith to be built upon something other than just, I feel good right now at the moment, everything's going the way it should. That's the Santa Claus kind of a thing. You know? Yeah. Instead of a it, real faith in a, tr- in a three-dimensional God, we kind of want a one-dimensional God, a cardboard stand-up that he only does good, he never does bad. You yeah. Know? He's, and all things are going to work out well. And if, uh, you know, and, and he's a three-dimensional God and there's, and he's, he's, so there's there's pain, there's hardship, there's emotions, there's, uh, and it's part of growing up, just like a parent with a kid, you know, it's like, oh, don't make me ride that bicycle, I could fall and hurt my knee. Yeah, but you don't understand, once you learn to do that, yeah. it's going to open up whole new worlds to you, Yeah, you know, and it's the same way, emotionally and, and in our spirit, when we go through certain things that are hard and difficult, it opens up new understanding, compassion for other people, and and it just builds within us, may you be comforted with the same comfort that you've received so that you can comfort others. Yeah. It gives us a life message. It gives us a ministry. That analogy is kind of interesting. She talked about the bike because Elise has been asking for a motorized uh, bike. Uh-huh. Her, her the neighbor friends Everything. have one and she can't even ride a bike. Yeah. And I'm like- Scare her. And so she's like, dad, why won't you get me one of those? I was like, Elise, I will get you one of those, but first you've got to learn to ride a bike. Yeah. But dad, I want the motorized one that I can ride it. And I'm like, sweetheart, you would kill yourself. You, <laughs> yeah. If you had this and not and you had not worked your way up to riding a bike with confidence and you get on that motorized thing, it's, we're going to be taking you to the emergency room. Yeah. But she doesn't, man, that it's, maybe it's a dumb analogy, maybe simple brains, simple analogies, but that's what happens a lot of times with, with she was begging me and she's been over and over again, dad, I want a motorized she one. she disappointed with you? Very disappointed with me. Dad, <laughs> yeah. you're letting me down. I'm like, sweetheart, 
I like you. Again, I like you alive. I don't want you to die. Again, I, you know, again, comparing the parent to the child, I think is one of the, when yeah. you have kids, you begin to understand the depth of God's wisdom a little bit more. And yes, she's disappointed. And yes, mm-hmm. I'm going to get her that motorized bike, but I ain't going to get it to her right now. It may be an eternity she gets it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's the timing. That's the timing. It's a timing issue. That's a great way to end it. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want more information from Joelle or Rick, you can visit joellemalm.com or rickmalm.com. Please consider leaving a review of the podcast. 